Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. So Arsenal get their hands on a trophy for the first time in four years. And that's the final whistle. Arsenal have won the 2023 Women's League Cup. Their trophy drought is over. Jonas Eideval's side came from behind to beat Chelsea 3-1 at Selhurst Park with the manager hailing his side's character. We won well deservedly. Uh, it was a difficult start, but uh, after that I think we proved that we, we have a lot of quality in the side and uh, it was nice to see that shine for The WSL returns and City and United's Manchester goal machines bag hat-tricks. And it's a hat-trick for Alessia Russo. Two goals in the first half. This was a corner from the far side, flicked on by Martha Thomas. A couple of deflections in the box and Russo was there from close range. We'll round up the rest of the WSL action as well as the Championship and SWPL. Have a look at the FIFA best, plus take a look at the rest of the stories dominating the world of women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Frank Kirby and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Oh, what a team we have today. A goal scorer in our midst, Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. What a result for you at the weekend. Yeah, it was massive for us. It's obviously nice to wake up on a Monday with three points. And obviously London City are going great guns. I think they're second at the moment. So, yeah, to get three points against them was yeah, massive for us and a big platform to build on for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. You said that very straight. That was like a post-match interview. You're actually just kind of whooping and celebrating with a big smile on your face, but very demurely put. <laughs> Molly Hudson, how are you doing? Well, I can't follow that, can I, really? Well, I mean, you saw me in the press room at Selhurst Park. I reckon that's reason for celebration on a weekend. Well, that's true. We had we had a nice little Sunday out, didn't we? We did. It was very, very nice. And that is exactly where we're going to start. Arsenal 3, Chelsea 1. 19,000 inside Selhurst Park watched the Gunners lift their first trophy for four years. It was live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. And here's how it sounded. 
as an iconic rivalry in women's football resumes with the first piece of domestic silverware this season very much up for grabs. Chelsea have started the better, right and delivers, left footed, Sanka heads it in, Chelsea in front, inside two minutes, it had to be Sanka. Tackle came in, Black Stenius, tucks on the rebound, Arsenal are level, Jonas Edeval leads the celebrations, Arsenal fighting back. Came again, onto a left foot, that looked like a foul, penalty. It's little from 12 yards, it's a right-footed effort, and she sends Berger the wrong way. Arsenal have turned it around. He's going to deliver high into the penalty area, she does, she's beaten to it, it's 3-1. Arsenal extend their advantage, and that's the final whistle. Arsenal have won the 2023 Women's League Cup, their trophy drought is over, and Jonas Edeval coming into the game is a hero at the end of it. So for the red side of London, it was joy all round, especially for Arsenal boss Jonas Eideval, who caught up with TalkSport's Charlotte Richardson after the final whistle. He felt his side deserved the victory. It's so early on the goal, so I don't think it really changes anything. Like, of course, it's not good to concede a goal, but when you concede a goal in the second minute, it's not like you're going to go and say, like, OK, we're going to try something else. You still have your plan from the beginning, and that's what you want to see, and that's what we saw, and I think... That worked well, so they had to change not only once, but twice and three times. I thought they changed formation and personnel, so I think they were searching for something to stop us, and uh, our game plan was working fine, so I'm good. happy with that. A disappointing cup final defeat for Emma Hayes, though. Uh, she hoped her team would learn from it. They dominated everywhere, particularly in the middle of the park, and I had to try and make a change to get hold of that part of the pitch. Uh, I think it's a good lesson for my team and I expect them to learn from that because you can't play in any team and be even a few percent off of it, and let alone the gap was big today and one where Arsenal thoroughly deserved to win and congratulations to them. Some more interesting post-match comments as well from Emma Hayes, which we'll go through in a second, but let's just take the the game as it was. I think, Courtney, right from the beginning, the second Sam Kerr scored the opener after just two minutes, we all thought it was only going one way. Yeah, and I think, obviously, you're looking at, at the lead-ins to the games, Arsenal have, have faltered a little bit. Obviously, you're going to miss your, your massive players in Beth Mead and, and Vivian Miedemar, so... You know, you're looking at that thinking, you know, you'd put your money on Chelsea and, and especially, as you say, when there's an early goal, you think they're going to run away with it. But as you say, uh, Jonas really um, said about the girls in terms of their determination and their character to come from behind. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a great win for them, the first trophy for four years. And I think they'll be absolutely buzzing with that. And you know, I think Arsenal have, have deserved a little bit more in recent years, but they've just come up against a, a Chelsea team that have have just always found found ways to win, really. So it's um, I think it's good for again women's football the fact that we're we're sharing the trophies out and and not just one team dominating. Yeah, definitely. And he wanted to see like a positive mental attitude from his players after they were knocked out of the FA Cup by Chelsea last week, Molly. But they certainly got that because to to the second that goal went in after two minutes, Arsenal were like a different side. It's like they woke up and they had the bit between their teeth and were not letting it go. And Stina Blackstenius has come in for a lot of criticism since uh, Beth Mead and Vivian Miedemar's injuries. And she really stepped up to the plate. Clinical finish from her for the equaliser. 
Yeah, you're completely right. I think I've uh, obviously in in cup finals and those big games, we know they're decided by moments. But I think it's quite rare to see a game completely change in the way that it did. Like it, it really was that Chelsea were completely dominant. It looked exactly as many of us have predicted it that Arsenal would kind of wouldn't feel as though they could mentally break that barrier. And then it was like all of that pressure on Black Stennis's shoulders. The way the ball fell to her, deflected off the heel of Magda Eriksson, it was like it just landed perfectly. And I'm sure Courtney will know it, it, if you're a striker that's that's lacking in confidence, sometimes you don't want a finish that need you need to think too much. And she didn't have to think. It just fell to her and she swung her boot at it and it went in. And it was the perfect thing that could have happened to her in that moment. And you could see in her celebrations, in her teammates' celebrations, how happy everyone was. I was kind of in the in the front row of the, the press box at, at Selhurst Park and you could see the subs like leaping into each other's arms down the touchline. And it was just, it was like that was the moment that Arsenal needed for the individual belief of Black Xenius, but the collective belief of the team, of the squad, of the backroom staff, that actually, yes, we can beat Chelsea. And it just changed from, from that moment onwards. It was like a different game. And I, I, I know Emma Hayes has got a little bit of stick for some of the things that she said afterwards. And obviously it's a manager's kind of role to try and change that tactically when a game does change like that. But that momentum shift, once it's gone, it's so hard to bring it back. And I think that's that's what you saw yesterday. And, and she did make a change after 39 minutes. But let's first take a look at the, the penalty. Uh, Leanne Sanderson in commentary wasn't sure it was a penalty, but I think Katie McKay won it absolutely perfectly. There's no question at all she was brought down by Sophie Ingle. It was really clumsy, actually, by, by a player who perhaps... Should, should know better. What did you both make of it? The way that she's sort of swivelled, hasn't she? She's took it on the outside of her left foot, um, Katie McCabe and Sophie Ingle. She's, you see what she's trying to do. She's charging in to obviously try and stop the shot and she just, you know, catches her feet. So regardless, I know people always talk about penalties and say, you know, if you're coming away from the goal, then should it be a penalty? But the fact is she's in the penalty box. She's, you know, she's got clipped. Sophie Ingle's not got any of the ball. And then you know, it's as good as a goal, isn't it? As soon as you get the penalty, you know, you've got Kim Little to take it. Um, and again, we're talking about the celebrations of, you know, with Black Stenius, and I think it was the same with Kim Little. All the girls rushed over so quickly, the way they, you know, lifted her aloft in the air. Um, and I think Kim Little is one of the, the most underrated players um, in, in the WSL. She doesn't get talked about enough for me. So, yeah, I think it was... Uh, a big moment for for Arsenal, but definitely a penalty in my eyes. I said that Emma Hayes had, had made a comment that a lot of people raised eyebrows of in the press conference afterwards. Let's take a listen to what she had to say. Regardless of anything, that we make it difficult for the opponent, and we didn't do that enough, let alone play our game. Um, and I think at 3-1, then the games become stretch. It's always the advantage for the team that's in front. I think for them, whether they... Zinsberger took three timeouts during the game. That, for me, is a problem we have to solve across the league. That's not just today. I said to the fourth official, we have to... Surely in this game now, we've gone past the point where we have these tactical timeouts with goalkeepers. And I'm talking in my own case, not just for everyone else. They kill, you know, they're things that I hope we get away from. Molly, you were in the press conference. What did you make of those comments? It was one of those moments where... You're sat there sort of typing away at your laptop, 
taking down what Emma has to say, and then you just sort of look up and think, oh, here we go. Um, it was one of those moments because, look, I think Emma Hayes did accept that her team weren't good enough yesterday. I think that's that's fair. She did do that. Um, but it was obviously one of those moments where you're trying to look for something else to say that isn't that. And I think it was just a bizarre moment because, yes, I do agree. Manuela Zinsberger did go down. There were times in the game when it was like, almost like an NFL timeout where all 11 players were surrounding both managers having a team talk. But I think you also saw Anka Trimberger went down at one point um, and it was a similar situation. I think if you look at past games, Berger has done that for Chelsea. And let's not even just pick on these two teams. It just happens in football. When you need to change the momentum, you have those strategies in place to get a message across to the team because we all know it's a lot easier to do it in a proper break of play than it is to pass a message on to one player and then try and get it across the whole team. So yes, maybe it's a problem, but I don't think it was fair to call out Zinsberger or Arsenal for what they did in the game yesterday. I don't think it was a big bone of contention in the game. I just think Hayes, being the very smart operator that she is, was just looking for something else to say, to point out, to detract from the fact that her team had lost the cup final at the end of the day. There's always a bit of needle between these sides, isn't there? But uh, uh, the quadruple is off for for Chelsea. Um, Their unbeaten run comes to an end. They haven't been beaten since Liverpool on the opening day of the WSL season. But for Arsenal, what's this going to do to their season, Courtney? Because they're out of the FA Cup. They're nine points off the top of the WSL, albeit with games in hand. They are still fighting in the Champions League. Is this a successful season for them? Is it going to propel them to, to to success in the Champions League and perhaps making sure that they regain that Champions League spot? Yeah, I think the for me, the, the title, as you say, looking at, at the points and, and how far off they are, um, I don't think now, obviously, that they're going to go and win it. I think the big thing for them, as you say, is trying to regain a Champions League spot. still think that's going to take a lot. Um, but obviously, Chelsea and Arsenal have got the two games in hand, haven't they, on City and United. Um, a trophy I think is, is always a success especially going without one for so many years so that's that box ticked to go as far as you can in the Champions League and I think you know considering everything that's happened within the season um, the injuries that they've had the fact that they 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 couldn't bring any well not couldn't but you know the big target was Alessia Russo and, and that didn't come off so I think now it's the real platform to think you know what regardless of, of who we've got injured and, and what's happened this season We've won a trophy. We've beat one of the best in Chelsea. And now it's just a, a shootout, isn't it, in terms of the WSL to try and, and finish in that Champions League spot. Yeah, uh, Jonas Eideval's first trophy since taking over as head coach in June 2021. Uh, congratulations to him and Arsenal, the most successful club in this competition. That was their sixth victory in the Continental Cup. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Next, we're going to go through the weekend's WSL action. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. 
This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Times football writer Molly Hudson is alongside me, as is Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Uh, right, four matches in the Barclays WSL this weekend. Arsenal and Chelsea return to league action on Wednesday, both at home. Arsenal will play Liverpool and Chelsea will play Brighton. Updates will be on Talk Sport, but let's hear how the weekend sounded with the teams who were in action. And it's a hat-trick for Alessia Russo. Two goals in the first half. This was a corner from the far side, flicked on by Martha Thomas. A couple of deflections in the box, and Russo was there from close range. Looking for knobs just underneath it. Here's Rachel Daly. Back to Kinza Daly. And we have the opening goal of the game. We've got another go here, Lauren Hemp. And now Bunny Shaw arriving. And there's the hat-trick. Manchester City showing that they mean business in the title race. Gets ahead on it. Then a foot towards the edge of the area and smash goal was it into the roof of the net. It's another goal of unerring quality. This time from Rachel Rowe. Right, let's start with Manchester United 5, Leicester 1. Uh, with Chelsea in the League Cup final, United took a three-point lead in the WSL title race. Alessia Russo with a hat-trick. Molly, big players stepping up for United in the big moments. Definitely. I think if if you really look at the title charge that Manchester United are on, I think you have to look at that real spine of that team. You've got Mary Earps in goal, obviously Ella Toon in midfield, Alessia Russo up front. Ona Batier was fantastic again, laid on a couple of assists yesterday. And I think maybe Manchester United season is, is almost encapsulated in the first goal because... Leicester were, were defending pretty resolutely. And by the time Russo had um, scored, I think it was the third attempt in that passage of play. And it's like Manchester United this season, they just will not be denied. They will find a way and they keep on finding a way. And I think, you know, we, we know it's Chelsea-Manchester United at the, uh, at the weekend. And I think that will be a, an absolutely massive game, particularly because of what, what we saw in in the League Cup final this this weekend, I think I think Manchester United are showing that they are genuine contenders. And I think, actually, we have to give praise because I know on this show, we've said it before, sometimes Manchester United haven't made the greatest decisions away from the pitch when it comes to their women's team. But not letting Alessia Russo leave in that January transfer window is a genuinely massive moment for that football team going forward. Let's hear now from the Manchester United boss, Mark Skinner. He was full of praise for his hat-trick hero. One of the things we've asked Alessia to do is stay alive more when it comes to kind of pre-thinking and anticipating where the ball might go. And I think she's done an excellent job of that today. I think a, go- a third goal in particular, where everybody else has switched off and she's carried on and, and kind of found the moment to finish. We know she has wonderful technical ability, great hold-up play, and she can score many varied goals, head, floor. But today I was really impressed with her staying alert to those opportunities. As a striker, Courtney, um, what does Alessia Russo have that makes her so special? Everything. That's the problem. She's got a bit of everything. She's got the pace. She's got the power. You know, in terms of, of physically, you know, the way she's built, that obviously helps her. But she, you know, she can head the ball. She's got the close control. She's happy to run in behind. She's equally happy to to run with the ball. So I imagine as a defender, it's an absolute nightmare because there's no real obvious weakness to her game. And, and she can play off both feet as well. And I agree with Molly in terms of the fact that Manchester United worked so hard to keep her in 
think we spoke about it previously on this show. You'd imagine the sort of conversation was, look, stay with us. We'll at least get a Champions League spot. Um, like I say, I, I don't know personally, but I imagine that's the sort of conversation that, that's being had. And, you know, if that happens, then then she'll stay at, at Manchester United. But, you know, a player like that, you've got to do everything to um, to hold on to. And obviously they're taking a massive risk because she, she could leave for free in the summer. Um, but, you know, the, the position that Manchester United are in now, you'd, you'd imagine that, like I say, they'll get that Champions League spot. She will stay in, obviously, as Molly said, in terms of that spine of the team, she's she's massive to keep. And um, she's so young as well. So she's only going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for Leicester, though, they'd started to to pull some some results off, but a bit of a dent for them. They're still bottom of the WSL table, but manager Willie Kirk still believes he can keep them up this season. Yeah, I think after just a couple of weeks of being in, in post, I said we'd definitely stay up, and I still believe that. In fact, my belief's probably strengthened even more, you know, in terms of we know what our targets are. We've already hit the first of those smaller targets, and, uh, yeah, I've got no doubt that, that we'll do what we need to do. I think it's a fantastic group to work with. I, I think, I, I believe it's a one-off today that we haven't been brave enough, consistently enough. So we'll address that during the week and prepare for Everton and, and we look forward. Like, it's a really exciting league to be part of. It's a really exciting scrap down the bottom because I think it will be a scrap. And, uh, yeah, we know what we need to do and we're trying to keep the focus on us rather than what our opponents do each week elsewhere so I think that's the best way to approach it and it'll be enough for us to achieve our, object- our objective Bit of a blow really for, for Leicester we'll talk about Reading's win in a second Molly but you know there's still plenty of plenty of games to go can he can he pull off the great escape? Yeah I think I think Leicester still have a chance I think it's it's a very interesting table at the moment because I think what we see kind of at both ends of it is games in hand could make a, a massive difference. Obviously, at the bottom, Leicester have played 13 games. Brighton, who are their, their closest, sort of, they're only t- two points away. So it's, it's really condensing at the bottom there now, but they've, they've got two games in hand. So I think that's going to make a big difference. Um, but look, you look at the table and you look at where Leicester City were at the turn of the year and they were really cut adrift. They aren't anymore. And that's, you know, that's a credit to the work that Willie Kirk has done there. And I think it's absolutely on. And actually, if anything, the the results this weekend with, with Reading's victory just makes it even more interesting down there because more and more teams are getting pulled into it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Tottenham in a second because they've got the worst run. But just looking at the table, up to eighth. So Liverpool are on 11 points. Reading, having played 12. Reading on 10, having played 14. Tottenham... On nine, having played 13, Brighton, as you say, only played 11 and on eight points, which is two points above Leicester, who've played 13. It is super, super tight and very exciting going into this. But let's discuss Tottenham because they were beaten 3-1 by Manchester City. It was very much anything you can do, I can do better, wasn't it? WSL top scorer Bunny Shaw also with a hat-trick as City came from behind to beat Spurs and move up to second. Um, Almost all the goals came from City's strengths or one-on-one ability on the wings, Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly. It could have been more more as, as as well. Um Spurs goalkeeper Tina Rika Coppola played so well, didn't she? But Molly, Rianne Skinner, eight WSL losses in a row, not picked up a point since October. That is a problem. Yeah, we were discussing it yesterday actually at the cup final and, and we sort of questioned whether 
we were almost being too kind. If this if this was in men's football, would there be a lot more pressure on Rayanne Skinner's job? And the, the simple answer to that is yes, yes, there would. And that that's you know, that's nothing personal against Rayanne. It's just the way football is. It's a brutal industry. And I think when you go so long without picking up, you know, even even a point, you know, um, and we we see the table at the moment. It really is just a couple of draws in those eight games and it'd be a completely different picture. And I, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I think it's just it's really frustrating at the moment for Tottenham because actually in spells, they're playing really well. They're playing nice football. They've brought in decent signings. Obviously, we've, we've, we've talked about Beth England at length. Um, and again, yesterday, it was like they 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 take a step forward, but then it's like they're happy to have scored, but they don't have the ability to really build on that. And then that's where, very similar to when they played Chelsea and when they played a lot of these top teams, it almost feels inevitable that that the other team is going to come back and, and win. And I think it, it can't be easy and it can't be easy for the players. I know, I know having, having spoken to a, a couple of them after that Chelsea game, they, they do feel as though they've got more to give, that it's there, that it's coming. But unfortunately for them, they're getting dragged into that relegation battle. And for, for a club like Tottenham that have invested what they've invested, they should not be in that battle. And I think ultimately... They've got to pick up points and they've got to do it quickly because if not, you know, Rayon Skinner's job will become untenable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been talking about strikers, Courtney. I'm so glad you scored this weekend. Otherwise, <laughs> you've been talking about these uh, goal scorers elsewhere would be would be horrible. But Bunny Shaw this season is, is just absolutely on fire, isn't she? I mean, it helps when you've got, as I said, you know, the the wing play of Lauren Hemp and, and Chloe Kelly for sure, but she's so special. Yeah, she is. We um we was on the unfortunate end not so long back in the uh, in the League Cup. I think it was six in the end, so we won't mention that. But unfortunately I, I couldn't play that day due to illness, but I was I was sort of sat in the stands just watching her and it's a joy. And I think for me it's the way that she uses her body so expertly, the way that she can roll players. Um and again, she's one of those that's got a, a little bit of everything. She's got the power, she's got the pace, she's got the, the technical ability. But I like the pockets more than anything. And I don't think she probably gets enough credit for the pockets that she picks up because she's quite happy um, to drop in. Um, and especially because you've got players like Lauren Hemping and Chloe Kelly around you. One, obviously, for the service. But two, she knows if she drops in and, and faces up and gets on the ball, then she's got runners in behind as well, and, and especially from midfield. Um, for Manchester City so yeah she's she's a very special player um, and I think you know as, as Man City go on I think this year obviously again it's slightly been a, a bit up and down but I think they're starting to motor again and if they have a good start to next season I think they'll be more in and around uh, the title challenge. Yeah absolutely just a, a nod to Manchester City's um special shirt that they wore on Sunday inspired by suffragette Emmeline Pankhurst as well. She was born in, in, in Manchester. If you don't know who she is, shame on you first and foremost. Uh, but she found the Women's Social and Political Union in 1903, which called for the right for women uh, to vote. So green, white and purple celebrates 
Um, Manchester roots, they say, an overriding vision for female equality and celebrating girls and women in football in Manchester. And it was a, a delight to see. Very attractive. We liked it a lot. Um, right, we were talking about the relegation battle and this was quite key in it, as we mentioned. Um, Reading 2, West Ham 1. Rachel Rowe with a late winner. It was a stunner as well to give Kelly Chambers' side some breathing room in that battle. A mental test as well having conceded an equaliser. What did you make of this game, Molly? Firstly, it was an absolutely fantastic strike to win it. Um, uh, I think it was... I think we, we've said all season long, haven't we, that Reading do so well to never be in this kind of relegation sort of battle, knowing the the budget they have um, and things like that. And I think at one point we sort of thought, right, they're now in it. It's going to be really straightforward. Leicester will pick up the points. Reading are going to struggle and it'll be like we thought at the start of the season. But no, Reading are finding a way to get the results. And I think this is a very good example of it in this game. They 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 scored the opener. They let West Ham back in it. And then again, you're you're sort of questioning whether they've they've got the mental strength to to go on and and win this game. And then they do, they get an 85th minute winner. And I think it it shows there is still certainly belief in that team. And I think I think it's good. It's you really can't call it genuinely, you can't call that that relegation battle. And I think uh, I think we said a, a couple of weeks ago on the show that West Ham were just starting to put a nice run together. We're just going up the table, but they're just so inconsistent. When you look at their squad, they've got some fantastic players. Um, but they just they just can't find that consistency at the moment, and I think that uh, that's another thing that that makes the the women's super league so interesting. That there's a real group of clubs, even sort of mid table, that are struggling to. They show promise. They've got the ability to take points. We saw we saw Arsenal draw with West Ham, and then they lose to Reading. So I think I think it's really unpredictable at the moment. Yeah, well, that leads me nicely on to Everton's 2-0 defeat to Aston Villa, actually. Talking about inconsistency, because Aston Villa ended Everton's four-match unbeaten streak. Um, we had been talking good things about Brian Sorensen's side. Uh, Kenza Darley uh, scored after five minutes, then it was a second-half own goal from Men- Megan Finnegan. I mean, we, we we wax lyrical regularly on this pod about about Aston Villa. So let's focus about on on Everton here. They just weren't at the races in this one, Courtney. No, they weren't. And I think, as you say, we, we speak about Villa quite a lot and, and the job that, that Carla Ward is doing. And so I think you've look, got to take that into account. They're, they're no mugs by any stretch, Aston Villa. Um, but I think, yeah, for Everton, it's just a shame for them because they, they were putting this run together and, you get that confidence and then to, to be brought down again, um, I think will be disappointing for them. But I think the positive thing for Everton, again, like, is, you know, I don't want, I don't really like talking about next season too early, but I think, again, struggled at the start. They're starting to find their feet now, Everton. They're putting this run together. Are they disappointed with the loss? Yeah, of course they will be. But I think there'll be a, a lot of positives, I believe. Is it Leicester they've got next? So they'll probably be looking at that Everton thinking, right, well, is it another good chance to to get back on it pick up three points again so I don't think it's um it'll you know disarm them too much um but I, I do think Everton are, are now starting we're seeing the best of of what we thought really and again with you know sort of with the investment and 
and stuff like that. I think the team's starting to come together. Yeah, very much looking forward to the back end of the season. I think it's going to be exciting at both ends of the table. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers, Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson from The Times. Uh, next, we're going to take a look at the Championship and SWPL. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. I'm alongside Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson from The Times. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or if you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app. All you need to do is go ahead and download it today. Right, we don't get a chance very often to fully go in depth in the championship. But bearing in mind we have a a championship goal scorer uh, with us today. That's exactly what we're going to do. And we're going to start with your game, Courtney. A 2-1 win over second place London City Lionesses. We touched on it earlier. You came from a goal down. An equaliser from you and then a Mia Enderby winner lifting you eight points clear of the relegation places. Last time you were on with us, you were you were saying it's actually really, you know, squeaky bum time down down at the bottom. But do you feel like you've got a bit of bit of breathing space now? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk this week because normally I come on and I, I make you sort of skirt past this uh, championship bit. So I, I'll try and drag it out for as long as possible today. But yeah, I think. The, the positive thing for us is the the results went our way in terms of, of Coventry losing um, and, and Sunderland as well. So looking at the table, um, we've, we've popped up to ninth now. So I think, look, we, we know the job's not done and there's still, I think, seven games left. So there's, there's a lot that can happen. But I think, look, we were very happy, not just, just with the win, but the performance, the way we played. Um, we all felt very disappointed last week for, for Jonathan's first game because thought we actually played really well. Um, but just not clinical enough. Um, and yeah, the, the game yesterday, we felt that the goal came against the run of play from a set piece. It was was poor marking from us. But, you know, from from that moment, we, we got ourselves back into the game. There was a, a lot of confidence that we could win it. And I just to say, I can't 
speak highly enough for Jonathan, the way that he's come in. I think for me personally and for the forwards, we've tweaked the way that we're playing a little bit um, and, and given us more opportunities to get into the game. And yeah, we, we really feel positive going into the last few games of the season now. Yeah, Jonathan Morgan uh, is a fantastic coach, that's for sure. I'm really glad it's working out so far um, and hopefully you can push on and do good things in the Championship next season. Um, how difficult is it? You kind of mentioned mentioned it there and, and Leicester have... have done it previously competing as a as a part-time club in the championship with all the changes that are going on at the minute yeah look it it's difficult and I think you know we we've got a bit of a thing inside the club that we try not to mention that as as much as possible we don't use it as an excuse there's there's obviously in terms of actually the the contact time and sort of the input that we get from the club I don't think it's that far off I think the biggest thing that Obviously, a lot of the girls struggle with is the fact that they've got a full-time job to balance. So it's it's more the rest and recovery and everything around it that's more of the issue rather than the the input that, that we get from the club. And I think, look, we've shown yesterday in terms of if we try and do everything that we can. Um, and like I say, it's difficult for the girls that have got a nine-to-five. Luckily, I've not, not got that. Um but yeah, if you can do everything you can around it, the, the club, as, as I say, do everything they can to to try and minimise the, um, you know, the, the time around that. And then once we get on the pitch, at the end of the day, it's an eleven v eleven, um, and if we can execute what the you know the details that, that Jonathan has given us in the week, then then we feel like we can we can do that every week. And I think that's the big thing. It's you know we've got to build from this platform. And the consistency is probably one of the things you see it with us. You see it in the WSL. You know, we spoke about those teams that, that, for example, Spurs seem to be able to compete for one week. But I think the strength in depth then going forward hinders them to do that week after week. And I suppose that's probably uh, where, it, where it hinders us as well. But we've, like I say, at the, at the end of the day, it's an 11 v 11. So we try not to focus on what we've not got. Uh, sorry, we try and focus on what we've got rather than what we, we've not got. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to, to, to look at it. And I'm sure London City Lionesses will be looking a little bit like that. Um, although they're six points behind Bristol City now, having uh, it was such a tight battle at the top between these two. Still is really six points is is uh, able to get over. But Bristol City beat Palace uh, 3-0 at the weekend. Is the title Bristol's to lose, Courtney? Yeah, I think so. Um, as you say, they London City lost to us, then lost to Bristol. So I think as well, when you're sort of, I always think psychologically that's quite a big thing when you're losing to the to the closest to you, to your nearest rival. I always think that has a, a massive psychological impact. And with it only being a 12-team league, yes, there's a there's a, you know, a few games to go. But I think once you start to open up a, a gap such as six points, um, it, it's always difficult to claw it back. And that's, But that said, I think this season you've seen in the Championship, it's so sporadic and... Um, you know, would anyone have put any money on us outside of Sheffield um, to go and beat London City? Probably not. So there's there's still a few twists and turns to go. Yeah, it certainly is. Although perhaps not for Coventry, rooted at the bottom still after a 5-1 thumping by Durham. Five different goal scorers uh, for, for Durham. I, I assume, Molly, it feels as if the great escape is definitely off for Coventry. Yeah, I, I just want to jump in about Bristol that I think it's... It it kind of shows that they've had those that extra season. I think what we've what we've seen in the championship is when you go down, because it's such a competitive league and because it's a, a small league, as as Courtney says, the margins are so fine, it can be quite difficult to bounce back up. 
And I actually think Bristol are now reaping the benefits of having a season where they're used to the division. Then obviously Bournemouth City came down and now they're ready to go back up. It's like they've put the foundations in place and it's a lot more planned. It's not as sort of chaotic, just trying to throw throw players or whatever at it. So I think that is certainly what Bristol are now reaping the rewards of. I think in terms of Coventry, I think it, it's it was a little bit similar to, to Leicester, wasn't it, in the Women's Super League? At, at the turn of the year, we were saying this is sort of do or die now. If they don't pick up the points, then they're probably going to go down. Sadly for Coventry, they, ha- they have picked up a few points. I think there has been uh, an upturn in their performances at least, but I think... You know, other teams have too. And I, it it does look now as though it, it is going to be a real challenge. I think, you know, you, you look at the goal difference alone, if it comes down to that, there's such a a, a real gap between for, between Coventry and everyone else. I think, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Courtney's delighted because at one point did look a bit dodgy for Sheffield United. But I think I think they're they're. I don't want to say that they're out of it, but they're nearly out of it. And I think it it, it is that now Coventry of that they have to win. I think um, their next couple of games, and it it's not easy in that division. And you have to say, not only is it difficult getting into that league, but it's very very difficult when you get out of it. And I think at this point, that's what you have to think about. You have to think about those Coventry United players because they've been through so much in the last couple of seasons, obviously whether the club was even going to exist at one point, and now they're facing the idea of relegation, they're facing the idea of going down to that third tier, and we know it's just ridiculously competitive down there. There's so many clubs that are investing. So, yeah, it's it's a really difficult moment for for the club as a whole, really, but I have to say it's one it's one we've probably seen coming, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Southampton's attempts to keep the pressure on the top two were dealt a bit of a blow, beaten 1-0 by Charlton. Uh, Beth and Rowe after six minutes, the only goal of that game. Charlton, actually, in fifth with two games in hand, win those and they could be second. Birmingham came from behind to beat Blackburn 2-1 with late goals from Charlie Devlin and Libby Smith. Harriet Scott sent off just before full-time for a second yellow card. Birmingham a fourth, level on points with Charlton with just the one game in hand over the top three. Um, we haven't caught you up on the SWPL for a little while. Glasgow City cemented their title hopes with a win over second place Celtic. Took them six points clear at the top of the table. Um, Costa Rican forward Priscilla Chinchilla with the only goal of a tight game. Um, Rangers kept up their chase though. They beat Spartans. Um, Brogan Hay uh, with a volley. Elsewhere wins for Hearts, Hibernian, uh, Partick Thistle and Motherwell. Um, but uh, City not taking things for granted, of course. Leanne Ross, the interim boss there, said they still have to play Celtic and Rangers twice. So it's certainly not a given that they're going to win another title. And then just a quick word for Watford's Helen Ward, uh, Wales record goalscorer, has announced her immediate retirement from international football. 36 years old now, the striker. Uh, She's also going to bring her club career to a close at the end of this season. 105 games for Wales, 44 goals, but I think not qualified. Qualifying uh, for the latest Euros or the, or the World Cup has kind of dented her. But what an incredible, incredible servant for women's football, Courtney. Played against her many times over the years and, as you say, incredible servant for the game. Fantastic finisher as well. And as you say, you, the amount of cups she's got for, for Wales and obviously and the goal ratio, that, that's a you know, nearly one every other game. So 
you know, in terms of her, like you say, I, I get it. Um, the fact that she doesn't probably want to continue and, and go through another cycle um, to, to try and get to that major tournament. But I think obviously she, she leaves the game with her head out high and hopefully she'll score a few more goals before the end of the season. Absolutely. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Molly Hudson and Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk are with me. Uh, coming up, we're going to round up the FIFA Best Awards. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers. Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Molly Hudson from The Times. We are available on podcast as well. Do not forget, as if you could, plenty of places you can download us. First, though, head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, Right, there was a big, glamorous, wonderful-looking ceremony as we were recording um, Women's Football Weekly last week. Um, And we obviously couldn't get all the news in for you because it was going on as we were on air however we can bring it all to you now you'll have you'll know most of it but you won't know our analysis on it that's for sure um but again as you would expect the lionesses leading the charge in terms of uh, awards uh, the england boss serena Wiegmann named the best women's coach at the event in paris of course leading the lionesses to England's first major title since the Men's World Cup triumph in 1966. A well-deserved winner, I would say, Molly. Poor Serena. I tell you what, she hates this sort of thing. She hates getting up. She hates speaking. And I feel like she's having to get used to it. This is what happens when you keep winning. You have to keep picking up the trophies and you have to keep picking them up on your own. You don't always have your team there. Um but look, I, I was I was lucky enough to be um, on the voting panel for this for England. And look, I think of, of all the categories, of all the nominations, Serena Wiegmann was just the outstanding vote on this one. I don't think anyone could really, really argue with that. I mean, a fantastic manager, a fantastic person. And, and I know we'll get onto it in a moment, but I think what, what Mary Earp spoke about her speaks volumes as well to, to the person that she is and the, the player manager that she is, because I think sometimes we we forget that. We just see see the team that that go out there and they're all conquering and winning everything. But you have to remember what she what she came in. It wasn't always like this. Um and I think that's a real credit to to her managerial um style really and just just her her communication is is absolutely first class. Yeah, we've talked about her communication on a number of occasions. I've sat down with her as well and talked about the importance of it and to so many of the players and and what an enormous effect it's had on them. And as you mentioned, Mary Earps there, she was a key member of the European Championship winning team, but also named best women's goalkeeper at the ceremony. When I spoke to her, actually, uh, during the Arnold Clark Cup before the tournament kicked off, she said, oh, yeah, it's nice to be nominated. I haven't even been invited to the ceremony yet, so I'm not sure whether I will be. (laughs) Yes, you did get invited. Mary and then you won it and actually her speech was was quite incredible and you know obviously mentioned her her family and everybody but it was really emotional she talked about her loved ones kind of picking her up off the off the kitchen floor because you know she was out in the cold uh, under Phil Neville at one point and didn't think she'd ever play for England again and she said thank you thank you Serena for believing me in the way you have 
Um, anyone who's been in the dark place, keep going. Know there's light at the end of the tunnel and be unapologetically yourself. And again, a, another worthy winner, Courtney. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, football uh, can be a very difficult place. And I think what you sometimes forget, especially as a player, you place all your self-worth and in, in your identity within you know, being a player and obviously then when you're not playing or you're not picked, it's not just about the football, it's about you personally. And I think we sort of forget at times because you're so engrossed in it that, you know, that was just one person's opinion, Phil Neville in her as a player. And that's hard to, to dissect and take yourself out of at the time. Um, but now obviously she's she's doing great things. Um, and yeah, I, I think for Mary, like you say, unapologetically, sorry, herself, um, I think she is that. She she's always been that, and I think for a goalkeeper as well, it's always ten times harder because it's a very you know it's a very lonely uh, place that that you have to be within that goal. One mistake in it all lands on you. Um, obviously, you've got your little goalkeepers union, but again, I think it's it's so much different to any other position on the pitch. So. You know, I'm so glad now that, that she's come through that and she's getting the flowers that she deserves. Yeah, and another player who's benefited from Serena Wiegmann's player management is Beth Mead. Um, but it wasn't to be for her. Um, she wasn't named the best women's player. Um, Barcelona's Alexia Puteas won that for the second year in a row, uh, beating Beth Mead and uh, the USA's Alex Morgan to the trophy. Um, obviously, if you didn't know, led Barca to an unbeaten domestic treble in the 21-22 season, but missed out on the Euros because of that serious knee injury that she picked up. This caused a lot of contention, um, Courtney, didn't it, of Puteas winning? But, but what do you make of it? Yeah, it did. I think, look, as you say, domestically, what she's done, I, I don't think you can obviously argue with that. Um, and, and a fantastic player. I think there's obviously a lot of, um, I won't say miscommunication, but lack of communication from FIFA um, around what dates it pertains to um, in, in terms of it, when it's judged from. Um, so I think that's probably one thing in the future that could be be done a little bit better by FIFA. Um, but I don't think that ever takes away from from Beth Mead and, and what she's done. Um, the, obviously, the domestic calendar she had going into the Euros before that, she was fantastic and obviously a massive part of, of why England won that Euro. So I do think it's a shame. Um, but unfortunately, I think that's when you get to that sort of um, you know award ceremony and the panels. And again, not always based on opinions potentially. So, and, and Alexia Puteas, it's... It's one of those where she's already got that name as the best in the world. So not, you know, that's not to take away from the judging or, or saying that that has an influence. But I just think it's it's natural sometimes that you go for maybe the more fashionable name at times. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but Beth Mead was in the women's team of the year alongside Leah Williamson, Lucy Bronze, and Kira Walsh. Um, although Christine Endler ended up in goal in that lineup, it was picked by professional players only. Even though Mary Earps won the goalkeeper of the year, I mean, fathom that if you like. I've no idea. Uh, but these award ceremonies never make sense to everybody. It's very subjective, is it not? Uh, I'll just give you a quick update on what's been going on in Canada because we've been bringing you uh, the pay dispute that uh, um, has been going on. Canada Soccer has reached an interim funding agreement with its women's national team players uh, over that dispute 
over equal pay. Um, it reflects the men's team's terms with game-by-game incentives and results-based compensation. Um, a final collective bargaining deal with both the men's and women's sides uh, remains under negotiation. So positive steps at least. Um, Courtney, always a pleasure. Have a good week. Yes, thank you very much. It's always better with three points. Absolutely. Hopefully we are your lucky charm and that's what we'll be discussing next time you're on. Uh, Molly Hudson, enjoy Brentford later. Thank you for having me. You'll be having a, a nice dress on, nice dinner. I'll be in a press box. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I can't be bothered to, to put heels on and dress up. I'm not going to lie. Every, every award ceremony I go to, I think, oh, I'd rather be at home in my PJs watching the telly, which is really not the way to look at it, is it? Uh, thank you to Molly Hudson, Sheffield United striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Charlotte Richardson, producer Will, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or listen back throughout the week. Next year on TalkSport 2 is my sporting life with Trevor Brooking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.